Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, November the 10th. Might just seem that you downloaded another podcast from me since my one yesterday was so darn late. But uh, my friends, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's life, God's goodness, God's grace today uh, on this Wednesday. Um, So today we are going to read one of the most famous stories uh, in any of the Gospels, uh, very well known, only found in Luke's Gospel. We'll talk a little bit about that and about where that may come from. Um, but, uh, funny thing is I just referenced it the other day, had no idea it was coming up and here we go. Well, doesn't that seem a bit awkward (laughs) since I may have spent any wisdom already that I have on this gospel two days ago. So my friends, let's read anyway, if you are following along and wish to, uh, uh, you, you're just one of those learners who likes to, to see, visual learner. Uh, we are in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19, the story of the ten lepers cleansed. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's um, just take a a look, uh, just a reminder, uh, things we've already talked about, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but remember that Luke himself was a foreigner, right? He was not uh, uh, an Israelite, a Hebrew by birth. Uh, He was a Gentile. Um, and uh, believed to be writing to a community of Gentiles. Why is that important? Because we only see this story and the story, let's say, of the Good Samaritan only in Luke's Gospel. And who do we see in both those stories that is the quote-unquote hero? Foreigners. That would be important to someone who was reading Luke's word, who felt perhaps like a second-class citizen, because in those days, they hadn't really ironed out, what does this mean? Do I have to become a Jew first before I'm a follower of Jesus Christ? Which may sound, you know, pretty simple, unless you're a male, and that means you got to be circumcised at whatever age you are. And, uh, and this is back in the days before antibiotics. So, 
mm, yeah, that might be a life or death decision. And, and all these things basically saying Jesus met people where they were and, uh, and not only met with them where they were, but that all of a sudden makes that last line in the gospel just come to life, right? Your faith has saved you. Not doing, you know, uh, circumcision or, or becoming a Jew or, or any of these other things. That God sees me where I am today. Imagine how important that was for those reading and hearing Luke's word, right? But not only them, right? How often do you and I need to hear that? Then, my friends, you today, right where you are, God sees you, God loves you, God knows you. And you are invited into that place of salvation right here, right now. That's so good, isn't it? Hear that, because that's what, what Luke is saying. And, and that's what, and more importantly, that's what Jesus is saying. And, uh, and that is real. Now, let's break open this word. There's so much here. And, and yesterday, I went almost 30 minutes, and I won't do that today. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I won't be able to, well, I'm not wise enough to, to break open everything that's in here. But I won't even try, I guess, is my point. But let's just start at the beginning. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem. Now, that just might sound like, oh, you know, uh, uh, again, a geographical, hey, he's, he's moving to Jerusalem, starting in Galilee, and you go south, and you got to go through Samaria. You know what? Geographically true. But as he continued his journey, his walk toward the cross, his walk toward um, death, his walk toward resurrection. Uh, I mean, brothers and sisters, we're all on that journey. Um, it's a hard journey, and we may not want to acknowledge it, but I like how the Gospels continue to do that. As Jesus continued his walk to uh, where ultimately um, he was being invited, where his life uh, was leading him, he didn't stop. And he didn't he didn't avoid, he didn't go around. Remember the Samaritans? Now, that would have been a country right in between. It would be like going from Sheboygan County down to, to Milwaukee County. Well, you got to go through Ozaki. You're not going to go all the way around and, uh, and miss it. I mean, it's just the way it is. So if, you know, let's say Sheboygan County is, uh, is, is Galilee, for those non-Wisconsinites, sorry for the diatribe of 30 seconds, you're not going to get it. Ozaki County in the middle, that's Samaria, Samaria. And Milwaukee County, of course, is, uh, is Judea. And so he had to walk through there. And, and those Ozaki Countyites, well, they were, they were the dreaded enemy uh, of the Jews. We know that. And, uh, and here they are. Um, you know, it almost sounds like Jesus was surprised that one of them was a Samaritan. Well, well, you're walking through Samaria, Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I go through Ozaki County, I see a lot of Ozaki County residents there, too. I, just, just me, just me. Maybe I should be surprised at that. However, here's what the, uh, the point, I think the main point I want to make. They stood at a distance. Now, these were the ten, ten lepers. Oftentimes, we see Jesus go up and embrace lepers. I'm not afraid of them. And I don't think he's afraid here either. Uh, but it just doesn't talk about that here. But I, I suspect we can presume it at some level. But they stood at a distance from him and raised their voice saying, Jesus, 
Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. So, brothers and sisters, they stood at a distance. They didn't feel worthy enough to approach because they knew it. Now, now remember, a leper had, by law, by law, now this is the, the law of the, of the uh, Jewish people at the time, because you were unclean, if you ever went into a group of people, you had to either have a bell and ring it or be shouting out, unclean, unclean. And people scattered. Imagine the loss of dignity that that had to, that had to carry with it. Have you ever been in a space where you felt on the outside? You didn't have to ring a bell, probably. I suspect you didn't shout unclean, unclean. But that's why they were standing at a distance. They were like, we're not worthy to be close. We know who you are, and, and we know our unworthiness is, you know, keeps us from that level, but we're not even worthy human-to-human contact. And so they shouted, have pity on us. I was reading something yesterday about trauma. It was a workshop I'd gone to many years ago, and I'd forgotten this. But what it says is, trauma is caused by many things. But one of the things is being a minority in a population of the majority. That we just feel like we're on the outside. And maybe that's because of the color of our skin. Maybe that's because of our gender. Maybe that's because of our sexual orientation. Maybe that's because of our ideas. It could be any number of things, right? But how did that feel? Because I think we we can't go through life, right? We're going to Jerusalem. How does that feel when we feel like we're on the outside looking in? That's it, my friends. If you can remember what that felt like or what it feels like today, that's what we're, that's what our, our, our Samaritan, well, our 10 lepers, let's just say that. That's what our 10 lepers are feeling. And so they shout from a distance, Lord, remember us. Lord, see us. Lord, we're here. We've, we've done that, haven't we? Shouting from a distance, see us. Lord, see us. Others, uh, we're here. We're, 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 I, I was watching the movie Romero yesterday, and one time he was thrown in jail, and a, and a brother priest of his being tortured, and he just shouted out from the, the, behind the, the gate, we're human beings. See us. See us. That's who we are. And Jesus not only saw them, he, uh, he invites them to go. And, and this is what I quoted the other day, a couple of days ago, when I talked about that journey of faith. Because that's really what this is. And so I won't spend a lot of time on that. But, but he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. You know, again, what courage it took for them to do that to trust Jesus as his word, that I know I don't have what it takes right now, but I'm going to trust by the time I get to my end destination, what Jesus said will be true. Isn't that real for us? I don't have what I need right now. Well, let me talk about, you know, I I mentioned to you the other day that I'm moving into a new area of ministry and, and one I'm excited about and nervous about and I'm going to be, you know, ministering to hospice patients and they're bereaved. And, and I really feel like the Spirit, like, like God is calling me there. And on one level, 
and and I'm just using this as an example, brothers and sisters. Um, and, and please don't don't think I'm trying to make this about me, but I hope you find yourself within the example. And and the idea is, I I know right now I I don't have what it takes to get to that end journey, but I'm going to trust that it really, if it is God calling me on this, then I'm going to be given the tools um, on the journey that what I need will be brought to me um, when I need to, to have it. And so I'm going to step out there in faith saying, okay, this, I feel anxious and I feel unsettled, but if it's you who's, who's inviting me there, I'm going to go. Isn't that what, what he's inviting us to here too? He's inviting us out onto that tightrope, right? And saying, you don't have to have it all before you take step on that journey. All you need to know is, I'm with you on it. All you need to know is, I'm the one who invited you there. And I'm not going to set you up to fail. And, and I think that's that level of trust. All ten of them had it. You know, I, I think later on we can look and say, well, those other nines, you know, they're buffoons. What happened to them? They, they you know, they, they just, you know, got the gift and didn't come back. And there's only one that's wor- worthwhile here. And I think we'd, we'd, be, we'd be remiss or, or we'd be loath to do that because, you know, the bottom line is the other nine stepped down in faith just like this Samaritan did. And they walked and, and by their grace, by the grace of God, uh, by the grace of God, they were healed. And who knows what the other nine did? Maybe one of them was married and and hadn't seen his wife or couldn't be near his wife for for as long as he's had leprosy because he, he couldn't be near human-to-human contact. And so maybe immediately that's where he went. Or, or maybe another uh, had kids and she, you know, hadn't seen them or scooped them up in her arms for forever. And, and maybe that's immediately where she went. Those aren't bad things either, right? We don't know. But here's what we know. That one of them came back and fell at the feet of Jesus. And here's the other point I want to make. You know, we've lived through this time, brothers and sisters, of COVID the last year and a half, right? And, and we lived through a time of masks and 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 sanitizing, but also social distancing, of, of being separate from one another. And we've seen how fragile our psyche is. And, and you don't need that for me to understand that, right? Look at, look at the division within our country or within our church or within our world this last year and a half. And I don't think that comes from, well, we've just, you know, become worse in the last year and a half. No, I think it's because all of a sudden we don't have those uh, places of human contact that we did before, and that is how God made us. Not to be distant, but to be present and near. Why aren't we told when, we're, when we have kids that, we're, that, that, that human touch is so key to their development, right? Hold them. Aren't we told we're supposed to hug people like five times a day or something, that they need that and we need that? Uh, aren't we told that we are, are, are made in and for and of community? And, and to be separate, of course it's going to take a, a toll on our psyche. And if it takes a toll on our individual psyches, it's going to take a toll on our national psyche 
or on our, our communal psyche right here that we're seeing in this, in this parable play out in this story. But yet one of them comes back and he doesn't stay distant. And we see that they were distant at the beginning, but now he falls at the feet of Jesus. And we can just see Jesus kind of putting his hand on his head and caressing him and inviting him up. And he says this word. Now, again, I, I could sit here and talk about gratitude, you know, and, and, and I think that's the one, that the obvious point of this parable. And so I'm not going to go down that point. But, he, but here's the last thing I want to say. Is, is he lifts him back up. And again, what, what was distant is now close. That what, what, what felt unworthy in, in God noticing them and seeing them, that yes, I do recognize who you are and you are loved in your midst right now. In a sense, it brings them together. Um, and isn't that our journey from that distance from our God? And, and, and our, it's, not, it's not God's fault that we're distant. It's my heart's. So it's when it gets colder or, or, or hollow or, or burned out or whatever it is, filled with fear, I feel at a distance. I just got to get rid of those things and, and realize I'm not. God is right here. God loves me right here, right now. And that bridges that gap. And then I fall at his feet in gratitude and say, Lord, I am not worthy. I'm so grateful. Or, or that distance from other people, our own, you know, uh, vulnerability that that's scary or, or our own, you know, foolishness when we've, we've done something to hurt someone else or whatever it is that keeps us at a distance that, that it would be awkward if we go up. How do we, how do we bridge that? And how do we, how do we come and fall at each other's feet and, and let people know how much we love them and how much they mean to us? Because that's when Jesus again lifts him up and says, stand up and go, your faith has saved you. Oh, I love that line. Last thing I'll say, um, you know, we hear it in, in, every time we go to Mass, right? We have that Eucharistic prayer. Uh, and it's um, just kind of, um, so it's before the Eucharistic prayer. It's after the part where we say, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. And then it is the prayer that comes immediately after that. And it most, most of the time, not all the time, there are like, about 50 different prayers the priest could use at that time, but most of them start out this way. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Let me read that again. Remember, this is Jesus saying, your faith has saved you. His gratitude has saved him. His being close to Christ has saved him. And this is what the church says. It is truly right and just. Our duty Yes, it is our duty, because we're called to do it. But our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Why, my friends? Because everything is gift. Everything. The community around us, the love we're given by people who, you know what, choose not to see us as unclean, but choose to see us as human beings. The the, the life and the opportunity and, and the goodness and the sun shining today and the cold wind on our face and the beauty of winter and the beauty of fall and, and the heart that beats within our chest 
and, and our ability to laugh and all these things, they are all gift. And when we remember, brothers and sisters, that all is gift, do we do anything else other than fall at the feet of Jesus and say thank you? And, and fall at the feet of others and say, you are such a gift to me. It is right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. My friends, let's pray. We continue through the sorrowful mysteries today. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Leo the Great, the Great, pray for us. Yeah, meant to talk about St. Leo today. It's his feast day, and he deserves to be talked about. This is a doctor of the church, but, you know, already gone about 23. So uh, we're going to cut her off there. I'll let you do some independent study on St. Leo. My friends, bless you all. Have a wonderful Wednesday, and God's peace.